0: How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan Macklin, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Michael Farber. Uh, We are recording on Monday, April 25th, um, and today we will be talking about the spring game, and um, maybe we'll bring up a little bit about the transfer portal and uh, maybe some NFL draft talk, too, just for a second, because that's right around the corner, too. Um, But before we get into that, uh, be sure to leave us a rating wherever you're listening and um, to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns roster, their depth chart, their recruiting targets um, for 2023 and 2024, um, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check all that out. Um, With that, Michael, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, um, you know. I'm excited to talk about this spring game and uh, all that we saw. Um, I haven't rewatched it, um, so if I miss a few things, just just forgive me. I mean, there there wasn't much to watch either, you know, with Longhorn Network playing 50 minutes of commercials Brutal. during the during the plays. Uh, but but yeah, overall overall, I'm doing pretty well. How about you?
0: I'm doing great. Yeah, um, like you said, it was it was. I wish I could have made it to that spring game because Longhorn Network did the audience zero favors oh my goodness I was uh I was just re-watching before we came on um for my second time and and they, they cut away from the spring game for like 10 minutes talking to uh Cameron Dicker which I mean yes, yes I, we all love Cameron Dicker but we want to see these new guys and Quinny was on the field man we got to see that so it was brutal <laughs> to see um but, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we can get right into it with that. Um, one of my biggest takeaways was Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card's quarterback battle kind of reminds me of the Casey Thompson-Hudson uh, Card uh, quarterback battle from last year. I think, I think Hudson Card's kind of the same player. and um, Obviously, I think Quinn Ewers is obviously way more talented than Casey Thompson but they kind of have similar uh, game style, you know, they were Mm -hmm. both gamers and they both make plays happen. Even if the offensive line isn't making it a a perfect drawn up play, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I saw a lot of that, but uh, what did you think about these quarterbacks or.
1: Yeah. I, you know, during our spaces um, Saturday, I I called it, I, I said, Um, Quinn Ewers is going to throw a couple touchdowns and he's going to throw an interception. He's just going to make a dumb throw. Uh, He kind of got baited into it by uh, uh, Anthony cook, but I I mean, overall they both played really well. Um, Hudson card had some missed throws. Quinn Ewers had some missed throws. Um, We didn't really learn anything. Um, I still, I still think Quinn Ewers is going to win the job uh, going into the season um, but, yeah, it was fun to watch, and it was good to see Ewers, you, you know, in a Texas uniform finally on TV playing real football, or kind of real football. Um, yeah, it was, it was close enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but like you said, it kind of feels like the quarterback competition from last year um, in that, um, you know, last year Hudson Card won the job, but we all thought that Casey Thompson was better fitted for that offense right now. I feel like what's going to happen is, um, in in this scenario, I feel like Hudson Card is Casey Thompson and Quinn Ewers is Hudson Card. In that Quinn Ewers is going to win the job. It just depends on, you know, is he going to take advantage of it? Is he going to come out week two against Alabama and and lay an egg? And Hudson Card replaces him and and you know the rest of the season plays on with Card as the starting quarterback. Um, I kind of feel like it's going to play out that way. And I, I really hope that Quinn Ewers takes this opportunity and, and runs with it. Um, you know, he's going to struggle against Alabama. That's a given. But, but hopefully he just doesn't play as bad as uh, card did against Arkansas last year.
0: Right, yeah. And, I mean, like you said, they both were missing throws. Um, Quinn Ewers, you kind of expected to see some of that. You wish you didn't. But um, there were a few throws. I I know one off the top of my head was um, Jordan Whittington on a crossing route and Quinn Ewers just misses him high and he misses him a little bit behind him. And Mm -hmm. it was just, um, it was like, man, he was, Jay Witt was wide open there and and you got to make those throws, but there are also times, and obviously we, we didn't talk about this yet, but he hits Isaiah Nair over uh, Jameer Johnson um, the second-team cornerback yesterday for a huge well, – I think it was a 60-yard touchdown. I don't have it in my notes. But um, regardless, a huge play, and there's a huge pop, and everybody was excited, including myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think Quinn flashed enough to where um, everybody at Texas should be drinking drinking the Kool-Aid that he's going <laughs> uh, that he's going to win this starting job right and obviously play well against ulm but um maybe even play competently against alabama even behind a still rough offensive line
1: yeah and like you said both both quarterbacks missed throws um yeah there was the first uh, deep throw that quinn had that i that would have been a touchdown um, but he yeah. overthrew, I, I don't remember who it was, but by two or three yards. And it w- it wasn't a bad overthrow. It was just, you know, I feel like he's a little rusty, not playing for probably two years now. Um, just right. trying to get back into the flow of the game. Um, and, and that's to be expected. Um, another one, like you mentioned, was the uh Whittington across the middle that he missed, and that was a pretty bad miss. Um, and then another one that I can remember was he rolled out to his uh, to his left. Um, and Gunner Helm was wide open, and I think he just got a little too antsy, and you know just overthrew him. And Gunner Helm tipped it up in the air. I think it went out of bounds. But those are just throws that, once he gets back into the swing of things and kind of shakes off the rust in gameplay, um, that I, I don't think he's going to miss those throws. Uh, Quinn Ewers is way too talented to be overthrowing you know a guy fifteen yards downfield. I, I, I right. just don't feel and like he we're going to see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just, and we, we really didn't see it last night either. Or Saturday no, night,
1: sorry. no. And you know, I, one, one throw that card had that really impressed me was the um, one, two, uh, I think it was Jatavion Sanders where he just kind of, it looked like it was on rope. I mean, he, he flung that ball in there like a fastball and Jatavion Sanders yes. caught it and got to the side, got to the, and it was uh, the, the ball, goal right? line. Yeah. Yes. And he yes. got stripped by Jaron Thompson. Um right. but I mean both both quarterbacks played pretty well. Um, both flashed, like you said, but but I, I think Card is or uh, sorry Sark is going to go with uh, the guy who he sees has more potential, and I think that guy is going to be Quinn Ewers. And you know we'll, we'll see how it plays out in the summer, but but I think it's pretty obvious right now who who QB one is going to be going into this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's nothing to take away from Hudson Card. It's just um, and we've talked about this a ton but Hudson Card is just he even though he's actually the more athletic quarterback out of the out of the two um he's just not really a playmaker by himself I don't I don't know what it is he has all the potential to be but he just refuses to use his legs to his advantage and he um and they said this on the broadcast too I'm not sure if you caught it but his deep ball accuracy takes a hit because he tries to throw everything on a rope like you you yeah. praise him for the Jatavion Sanders one which is it was an amazing throw but there's other times where he throws it on the rope and you can't do it there you have yeah. to give it some loft and you have to let your wide receiver make a play there and um Hudson Carr just hasn't shown that he's that he's capable of doing that so it's um it's tough to see um sometimes when um when you see your, your wide receiver has a step or two on a DB, but it's, it's a tough catch because the ball's on a rope when it should have a little bit,
1: a little bit of uh, loft to it. Yeah. And they, they were also talking about, which I think we, we might've talked about this last season as well. Um, but when he, when he goes to throw the ball super far, he's always up on his tiptoes and he, he can never seem to get the power behind it that he needs. And maybe that's why he throws it, um, yeah, it's so flat. It's it's like he doesn't get air underneath the ball, um, and that's what we saw with Quinn Ewers on the touchdown to Nair, was he just threw it that's up in the air, let Nair run underneath it. I mean, that's what you're taught to do. That's what every QB right. coach will tell you to do is throw it up in the air, let your receiver run underneath it. Um, yep. but yeah, that's that's the problem that Card has had since he's been on campus. Um, I I don't really remember if he had that big of a problem with it, you know, in high school, but obviously the speed changes and and the competition level is a lot higher in college. Um, but that that's something that he's going to have to work on if he really wants to win this starting job. Um, and he's had two years to do it, um, and he ha- hasn't fixed it yet. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's something that he's going to have to correct, but I feel like that he hasn't corrected it yet. I don't think he ever will. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's kind of, you know, he knows what to fix, but he just hasn't done it. Um, and I, I, I'm sure he's heard that he needs to fix that as well. Um, but even even then, he's a really good quarterback. And, you know, it's going to be a battle going into the summer. Um, but but like I've been saying, I, I just feel like Quinney was going to win out that quarterback battle. And it's, it's not really going to be close going into the season.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Um, I don't know if you remember it on Quinn was first drive with the second team offense, he threw a beautiful ball uh, to the end zone to, I believe it was Casey Kane. Um, I didn't write down the name, but it was a beautiful ball and only the receiver could get to it. Um, yep. It ended up, it ended up being incomplete and they, they took the field goal there. Um, but it just shows, again, we we keep talking about this, but Quinn was giving it a little bit of loft to it. Just, to let your receiver have a chance to go get it. But that doesn't mean that the DBs can go get it too. Like, um, I feel like Hudson card is just very protective of the football and he Mm -hmm. just wants it to be on a dart on a line because so his receiver is the guy who gets it. He's scared to throw an interception basically. Um, now I don't know if that's his mentality, but from watching him play for the last, um, year and a half or two years now, um, I just – that's that's kind of the vibe I get from him is he, he would rather not make a mistake like that, whereas a guy like Quinn Ewers or Casey Thompson, they'll kind of let it rip a little bit more. And we saw that, obviously, with Casey Thompson all season, but even with uh, Ewers throwing that pick to Anthony Cook Saturday.
1: Yeah, and that, that's something that, you know, coaches will always tell you, don't play scared. When you play scared, that's when you make mistakes and you don't perform at your highest level. Right. Um and, and like you said, that's how Hudson Card looks. Um, you know, we didn't really see it in the spring game because um, it's non-contact with quarterbacks. Um, but you could you could tell a little bit that he would still get the kind of happy feet and get outside of the pocket a little too soon, um, which which is what we saw a lot last year. Um, that that kind of ruined his uh, ruined his chance. You know, especially in the Arkansas right. game. Um, but that's kind of that mentality. Well, I won't call it a mentality, but um, just kind of playing scared and trying not to mis- make a mistake instead of trying to uh, make a great play. Um, right. And like you said, that that's what we see from from Quinn Ewers, where yeah, he, he may throw an interception, but he's also going to have four touchdowns with it. Um, yeah. So it's it's kind of a give and take. Um, but but you see that with with all the great quarterbacks, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes will make take risks he will throw the ball 75 yards downfield to to Tyreek or well, he won't anymore, but he used to throw the <laughs> ball 75 yards downfield to Tyreek. And, you know, it's a stupid throw, but, but he, his receiver comes away from it. Um, right. And nine times out of 10, that's going to happen. And that one time that he throws an interception, you know, it's, you kind of just shrug it off because you know that most of the time it's going to be a, be a great up. play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I okay. think that's what we're going to see from Quinn Ewers. And that's what, is kind of lacking in Hudson Card's game.
0: For sure. Yeah, it's a lot less um, variance, I guess you could say, in Hudson Card's game, whereas Quinn Ewers is high variance. Um, as of right now, obviously, yeah. Yeah. The, the better you get, the less you mitigate the risks. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I still think, um, and we'll talk about the transfer portal later, but I still think Hudson Card... Is better off staying in Texas and just competing for this job, um, instead of hitting the portal after spring because I still think he's he's kind of right in the thick of this. Um, even though, mm-hmm. like we said, we expect Quinn Ewers to win it, and Quinn Ewers is more talented, but I mean, Hudson Card still played well on Saturday. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't be all that surprised if Hudson Card is is the season starter and starts the first couple of games. Um, but we will see. Um, that's a lot of quarterback talk. Um, if you got any last words, otherwise we can start talking about these, uh, a different position, uh, dealer's choice for you here.
1: Yeah. Let's move on. You know, uh, I, I feel like people get tired. of us talking about quarterbacks, but, but <laughs> it's going to keep happening until, <laughs> until yeah. the end of the season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, um, all right, yeah, let's talk about these playmakers. Um, uh, who impressed you the most? Um, I think you know who I'm going to say because I talked about him all all Saturday. Um, <laughs> Jatavian Sanders was just uh, as expected, I'd say, uh, in my opinion. But I think, I think he showed why he wanted to be a tight end. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he made a couple big plays. We kind of talked about that card dart to him um, near the end zone. But, uh, other than that, Quinn Ewers actually had a nice little flip to him and he gained, he had like a 10 to 15 yard run, um, on that too. And that was Quinn Ewers, first drive with the first team offense. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was a lot of yards after the catch too. So it really showed off his athleticism. Um, besides that, I noticed he, he really has gotten a lot better as a blocker. Um, and obviously as a tight end, You don't have to be as technical as the offensive linemen are, but you could tell he – there was a play where um, Rojo got the ball and Jatavian was the lead blocker on it, Um, so he was basically like an H-back, and he filled the hole and he lit up the linebacker. I think it was Jet Bush at the time and um, stonewalled him basically, and Rojo had a nice gain from that. So it's nice to see that Jatavian has – Improved as a blocker enough to, you know, solidify himself as the starting tight end. Um, but I'll hop off this soapbox and I'll let you uh, <laughs> take take the floor here and talk about whoever.
1: Yeah, I, I was really impressed with um, Roshan Johnson. Um, you know, oh, with, yeah. with Bijan being out, um, that that's a big uh, those are big shoes to fill. And you know, he came in there and he looks a lot better. Um, a lot it's of not juice. like. Yeah, it's not that he was bad last year, but he just looks on a complete other level right, um, right now. He's he's running hard like he always does, but he just seems faster. He seems stronger, um, and he seems just—I I don't know—just like more determined to, to to get as many yards as he possibly can. Um, right. But I was really impressed with him, and you know, it it, it kind of strengthens my belief that um, Texas is going to have two running backs drafted. Pretty high uh, next year. Yep. Yep. I, I could see two running backs going in the top three rounds. That would be really, really impressive um, for Sarkeesian, um, for Stan Drayton, who who who's at Temple now, um, yep. and even for um, Tashard Choice, you know. Um, but but yeah, that that's going to be a big loss if that does happen. But but it's going to be super exciting this season, um, seeing Bijan and uh, Roshan in the backfield. Um, but he he really really impressed me uh, Saturday with with just how powerful and how how uh, elite he looked at the running back position.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he broke off a sixty yard run. Um, what was that? Probably the fourth drive of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he obviously he obviously has juice more than last year. I'd say. Um, not that he was slow last year, but he just looked on a whole new level like you said it was it was good to see and it's it's good i wish uh roshan would stay another year but like you said i i don't think he will i think i think nfl teams will uh find this guy just by you know they're gonna be watching Bijan, and then they can be mm-hmm. like man that was a good run and then like, wait a second that was that was number two who's number two <laughs> and that's how yeah. they'll find roshan you know yeah yeah um so like you said i would not be shocked if I mean, Bijan is probably a first, second round pick, um, probably first round pick. And then Roshan, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he was a third, like you said, maybe a fourth, just. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I was really impressed by those two. Um, sticking in the running back room, uh, we talked about Keelan Robinson, what we wanted to see from him. Um, he had a catch, which was good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. We talked about, we wanted to see him catch the ball more. And then I look up his stats and I keep saying this, but it's still mind blowing to me. He had, um, three, three targets, um, past the line of scrimmage and they were all dropped by him, uh, last season in 2020. So it's good to see that he, um, he caught the only ball that I saw thrown his way today or Saturday, (laughs) I should say and um and it, he looked natural doing it you know it didn't look like he was like fighting the ball or anything like that so we'll see how often that happens but um yeah i don't know i thought keelan looked like he had some juice too and he kind of got uh kind of got screwed on that that pile yeah, he scored there dive. he scored there. yep that was a touchdown <laughs> exactly um if you follow him on twitter on twitter he he got mad, and he said, uh, Stevie Wonder uh, saw this sound as touchdown. <laughs> yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so he had some fun with it. But, yeah, I don't know. I I was really impressed by uh, by this running back room. Um, I guess we can slide right into uh, Jonathan Brooks, too. Um, me and you said that we both think that he's kind of the next guy in line, maybe ahead of Jade on Blue right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed it. I I think he played really well, especially for missing some practice, um, earlier this spring because of, uh, uh, the passing of his father. So, Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: that was good to see. It was good to see him back, um, having fun with it and playing really, really well. Um, so. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you have anything else to say about these these running backs?
1: Yeah, uh, like you said, Jonathan Brooks looked really really good as well. Um, and I, I'm I'm super high on Jadon Blue, but man, Jonathan Brooks looks the, he looks like he's been on campus for three years.
0: Absolutely, he, he's running running he hard, looks like he's the vet. quick. Yep.
1: Yeah, and and you know that's that's the problem though is he has two maybe three with uh, Keelan um guys in front of them um right. but but next year if, if we lose two running backs um it's it's gonna be the jonathan brooks show and yeah. it's gonna be really really impressive to see um but yeah yeah i was really impressed by the running backs which you know they're they're the best um position group on our team so i mean i mean uh, what, what i wasn't expecting them to be bad but yes. they, they, they even went further than i expected them to be um right with Bijan not playing. Uh, so that I'm really excited about this running back room and you know, if we can't throw the ball, we'll be at least able to run the ball, uh, really well (laughs) this year. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what about the rest of these playmakers at wide receiver or tight end? Did anybody uh, stick out to you?
1: Yeah. I, like you said, Jamion Sanders. Um, I, I was very hesitant on him. I was hearing, you know, we were hearing, uh, Good things coming out of spring ball from, from people who have watched the practices and uh, the, their sources or whatever. Um, but I was still hesitant um, just because he hasn't really shown anything the past year. Um, right. But I was super impressed, and I'm I'm all in on Jatavion Sanders right now at tight end. Um, I, I think he's going to um, probably outplay Jaleel Billingsley. Um, oh, yeah. And I, that's not a knock on Billingsley. That's just a knock on how much work uh, Jatavion has put into that tight end position um, of fully, you know, buying into being a tight end. Um, yeah. but, but I'm really excited for him. He's a big body. He can catch. He can block. He's quick. Uh, he can run you over. He, you know, it's, it's going to be fun watching him play the tight end position. Um, obviously, Xavier Worthy looked great. Uh, he had the one, I, I'm not even going to call it a drop because it bounced off his helmet. Um, oh yeah, but but um, yeah, he look he looks good. I mean, I didn't expect him to look bad either, but right. he looks like he's he's gotten better over the off season. Um, I was a little disappointed with Marcus Washington. You know, uh, yes, who, who was the who was it talking? But he he was talking about. I think it was Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah, yeah, he was talking to him about pregame. He told him he wasn't going to drop a ball. And then he, he dropped, dropped two, two or, or three. three. Yeah, yeah, it
0: was
1: rough. Um, so, so I was kind of disappointed with him, but you know that that's something that you kind of have to knock off the rust, getting back into uh, live live action. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for this group. Uh, Isaiah Nair looked really well, or really good, um, obviously with the long touchdown, and he had a few other right. catches um, where he just yeah, he, had he the just first looked catch like he fit in. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and like like I was saying earlier, it, I was waiting for him to play against better competition. And I, I know it's just a spring game, but but he looked well and he looks like he fits at this level of play. Right. Um, so so I'm I'm kind of buying into Nair as well. And then Jordan Whittington, of course, looked like himself. He was running yeah. hard, running people over, catching everything. Um, yeah. I'd so, say he
0: was the best playmaker of the day, maybe besides Roshan. And,
1: yeah, yeah. He he was definitely the best wide receiver, um, right? Um, but that's to be expected. He he yeah. probably catches the most balls just because he runs those over the middle routes and those short routes. Um, but yeah. but he looked in mid season form, um, so I, I'm excited for these wide receivers and these running backs. Um, we just have to figure out the the next part, which is offensive line. Yeah,
0: before we hit them, um, the uh and Winnington laying out uh Larry Turner Gooden the incoming freshman
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um near the goal line that was that was rough to see by Larry Turner Gooden but man what a play by wit um like you said in that slot he was he was kind of he was open obviously and
1: he mm-hmm. caught
0: the ball in the middle of the field and boom Larry Turner Gooden just bounced right off him it was it was awesome to see and um, it's good to see Wit healthy. Obviously, that's that's the biggest thing with him. We know that he's Absolutely. talented. Um, but yeah, I guess we can dive into this offensive line, and it wasn't terrible actually. Um, watching it, this the first time watching it, it's it's kind of hard to focus on just them because mm-hmm. obviously you're trying to watch the ball and you're trying to watch these quarterbacks who we keep coming back to. Um, but the second time around, I, I started to try to watch more and more of them. And, um, my biggest takeaway was Christian Jones looked a lot better at right tackle. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to solidly lock that spot down. Um, I don't think a guy like Kelvin Banks or, uh, uh, Devin Campbell are going to really be, uh, be fighting for that spot. I think he's kind of got that on lock. Um before i hit uh the interior do you uh do you have anything on the offensive line
1: yeah um the the first team looked looked pretty good um the second team was god awful right yeah <laughs> I, it, I, was. I, it was it was bad um and that's kind of why i didn't put too much stock until with, which quarterback was running with the second team just because yeah. they were as soon as they snapped the ball they were running for their lives um and you know we'll get to the defense here in a second but um uh, Ovia Gofu was just destroying that second right. team offensive line and you know he it was uh, ones versus two so first team defense versus second team offense obviously but man he looked really good and, and we'll dive into him a little bit more but but yeah Christian Jones looked good um the the only part that worries me is kind of the left tackle spot um yeah. Definitely. Which which may be up for grabs when Kelvin Banks gets in there, but I, I don't know if he's gonna come in and start right away at left tackle. That uh, that's that's a lot of ask for uh, yeah, a freshman being on campus on for two months. Yeah. Right. Um yeah. but but yeah, overall the the first team offensive line looked decent. Um mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it was better than last year, but but they, they held up pretty well. Um they were going against second team defensive line as well, so I, I kind of put right. that into play. But um, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, uh, with a, with a very thin offensive line group.
0: Right. And there was actually one play and it was the first team defense with, which disappointed me, um, on the goal line. If you remember Hudson card runs it in for a touchdown uh, yep. and then they call him down. Right. Yeah. Um, so then it, the ball was on the one yard line and I think, you know, where I'm going with this, they run a dive play right to, uh, for Jonathan Brooks and it immediately gets blown up by Aaron Bryant, um, for like a loss of like four, four or five yards. Nobody
1: blocked him. He was just standing there.
0: So I watched that play. I watched that play back a few times and I think it was Cole Hudson's fault. Um, him and Jake majors, both double teamed the other defensive tackles and then majors kind of, uh, jumped to the linebackers, you know, um, yeah. like how you would in inside zone. And Cole Hudson, I'm almost positive, was co- supposed to pick up Aaron Bryant there, and he just missed it. And he uh, he put, turned his back to him, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's something that um, it's good that it happened in spring because hopefully Cole Hudson will clean that up. Him and Jake Majors will talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, figure out what went wrong with Kyle flood. But um, yeah, that was like the one play with the first team offensive line where I was like really disappointed, you know, like <laughs> oh, man, yeah. you cannot have that when you're going against guys like Alabama has. Oh, so, no. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah. But to your point, I think the left tackle spot, we'll see how Andre Carrick does. Um, obviously he wasn't playing yesterday, uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, sorry, Hayden Connor actually actually played pretty well at uh, left tackles. So I wouldn't be shocked if maybe Andre Carrick either isn't healthy, or maybe they like Hayden Connor better, and he starts the year at left tackle until Calvin Banks probably usurps him at some point, and um, Connor moves back to that right guard spot. So. Um, that's just something to watch, and we'll see. But um, with that, if you want to start, we can start with this defense. Um, who impressed you on the
1: defense side of the ball? Yeah, I, w- I was really impressed with um, your guy uh, Jody Barron. Uh, he he was hitting hard. He was all over the place, um, and you know that's that's one thing that we talked about. I believe it was Saturday was just the inexperience um in the defensive backfield other than Deshaun Jameson um and uh Anthony Cook. Right. But but Jade Barron looked really, really well. And he looks like he's gonna come down and and you know if if you don't have somebody in front of you, you're gonna get thumped. You're gonna get laid to the ground pretty quickly. Yeah. Um Jalen Ford, I really like the way he played as well. He tackled <laughs> well, wrapped up well. Um and then Ovia Gofu, man, he he just dominated right, you mentioned it. yeah oh my gosh he was it's like every play he was in the backfield immediately baron sorrell
0: um, was as well yeah they both uh, yeah. were it, it's um,
1: and it, it's against the second team offensive line which is very beat up and very young um yeah. so that that's the only thing that worries me is like last year we heard the defensive line was dominating um hopefully that's not the case again this year and hopefully Ovi is is actually going to play like that against um a starting um left or right, right tackle, depending on which side he lines up on. Um, but he looked really good as well. And um, yeah, I, it was, it was really fun to watch the defense. Um, they started off pretty rough, but af- after the second or third drive, you know, they kind of settled into it and, and uh, I guess the nerves went away and they, and they were just playing like they were supposed to play and they looked they looked pretty good.
0: Yeah. And you know what, like you said, they kind of settled in. They actually won that, um, their uh, red zone kind of game yeah. Where yeah. It was the uh, first to eighteen kind of deal? Um, but yeah, I mean, somebody who impressed me, um, Maurice Blackwell actually, um, yeah. Jadé Barron's backup. Um, he was uh, he was really good, and he I, he uh, he lit up Xavier Worthy on that, yeah. that that bubble screen, and I was like, oh come on, like don't hurt him. <laughs> He's, uh, he's very important to this team. But, um, yeah, it was good to see that kind of physicality in the secondary. Um, yeah. It's something that um, we're not really going to see a lot of with the way the secondary plays. I mean, obviously, they're all physical, but mm-hmm. th- they're all uh, converted cornerbacks. So they're mostly uh, coverage players, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have that physicality that – um, converted linebacker and Maurice, Maurice Blackwell um, in the game. Um, somebody else on the second team who played a lot, and Sark actually um, gave him some props in one of his interviews leading up to the spring game. Uh, Michael Taffy um, played kind of all over the place in the secondary. He was on the outside, and he played in that star position as well. Um, and he's somebody who um, made a couple plays. So it was good to see um, maybe some depth to this DB room.
1: Yeah, he, he's the one uh, who had the one-hand one, one hand interception against uh, Quinn Ewers in the uh, championship game in high school. So he's an uh, athletic kid who, who has decent ball skills, um, and he's a walk-on that I, that I feel like will um, eventually earn a scholarship at Texas. Right. Um, but but he's one of those kids that, you know, grew up loving Texas, grew up watching Texas and wanted to go to Texas. Um, so, right. so you always love those kids and, and wish them the best and hope that they do turn out. And uh, he might be one of the few ones that actually turns out and gets to play a decent amount of playing time.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just good to see that we might be getting this depth from places where we normally wouldn't. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's exciting, but um, something that else that was interesting is, I mean, I didn't see and Overstone must have had a short day, um, because Devin Richardson was in that first team defense a lot. Um, I have to rewatch it again, and and just kind of watch each position group because um, I didn't get to linebackers yet. But I did notice Devin Richardson and Jalen Ford playing together a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. So, think... um, sorry, Glenn. I think uh, Overshone was maybe the ones who didn't play because um, I, I didn't see him a lot either. If he did play, it was probably just the first drive. Um, yeah, because I saw I,
0: him. I saw him suited up.
1: Yeah, and and Bijan was suited up too. So I don't know if they just let him dress just for the experience or what. Um, maybe, but right. But I don't know if Overshone played. And if he did, it was it was only for a drive, maybe half a drive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I'm not going crazy here. Um, and then another guy, so maybe this has to do with overshown non dressing or not playing much, but Jet Bush, all we heard was he was going to outside linebacker, but he played a lot on the inside, um, Saturday. So, um, which I mean, he, he actually had a nice play. Um, he caught, uh, Keelan Robinson on the corner and that's the play where Keaton Crawford actually finished. Keelan Robinson with a huge hit in the backfield. I don't know if you if you caught if you remember that one off the top of your head, but it was one of the last notes I wrote down. Um, Jet Bush made contact and kind of stood up Keelan Robinson, but didn't secure the tackle fully. And Keaton Crawford just came in and just lit up Keelan Robinson at the end. So it was good to see again that physicality in the secondary from a guy who you wouldn't really think has it in Keaton Crawford, a little bit of smaller player. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and speaking of Keaton Crawford, it was, it was uh, fun to see uh, him and Keelan race to that pylon on that, uh, one of those <laughs> yeah. early drives. But, exactly. Uh, Keelan, yeah. Two Keelan, of the Keelan fastest players.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Keelan's still King. Um, yeah. So, um, did anybody else impress you in that, in that, uh, on this defense?
1: Um, you know, it was good to see Tavondre sweat out there as well. Um, you know, we saw a lot of Alfred Collins and, and, uh, Vernon Broughton as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good to see them rotate those defensive line guys and they, they all seem to play pretty well. Um, but it's, it's just going to be interesting to see who ends up becoming the starter there. Um, you know, it looked like sweat and Coburn were playing more together than, um, then uh, Ojimo um, and Coburn, right. and I know I'm missing somebody. Uh,
0: well, I didn't see a lot of By- Byron Murphy, but again, I kind of have to rewatch um, some more to to see who I missed and who I didn't. I noticed uh, Myron Warren uh, made a couple of big plays along with Aaron Bryant. We talked about earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, but honestly. I think most of the big plays came from the edges, which maybe says a lot about our left tackles and right tackles. But, um, like you mentioned before, Sorel and Agofu really had their way, but Finkley had a good game and Prince Dorba
1: had a great game as well. So, and, uh, DJ Harris as well. If, um, yes, I think he had a sec, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, but, but that speed off the edge is, is, is dangerous. Uh, so hopefully we can develop those guys and hopefully they get some, you know, speed rush moves where they're not just bull rushing the guy that can actually swim or spin off of them and, and get to the quarterback this season.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, and Prince Dorba and Justice Finkley are kind of like perfect compliments to each other. Finkley's a bigger dude and super strong. Obviously he's fast too, but Prince Dorba more of that. Like you said, that speed rusher who will take the mm-hmm. edge on anybody. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we talked about Finkley a little bit when we first got him, and, man, that guy has some incredible bend to his pass. Yeah. So he could definitely turn the corner and make a play that way as well. So, yeah, I mean, this is just kind of a a general talk about the spring practice. I keep saying it, but we got to watch the game a couple more times because you can only pay attention to so many players uh, <laughs> yeah. on every given play, you know. So you kind of just notice the, uh, the highlights and, and you kind of miss um, maybe when somebody messed up or
1: something, mm-hmm.
0: unless it's painfully obvious like that uh, interior offensive line miscommunication <laughs> we talked about. But um, I, I any last uh, hitters?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hope I'm not, or I know I'm not the only one who was hoping, uh, uh, what's his name? The kicker. Uh, oh, uh, Bert Auburn. Yeah, Burt Auburn. I was hoping he hit that just so we could see uh, Quinn Ewers go and win the game one more time. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, but he missed it wide right, and that was that was it. Yeah. Um, but but I really like that drill they they uh, played at the end, uh, the red zone the breakout. That was orders, for what, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we and, actually got uh, to see all of that.
0: Like, to... the rest of the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, we can't trust this enough. How bad Longhorn Network was! Saturday. Yeah, if
1: if you weren't able to watch the game live, uh, you you didn't really miss anything. We only saw two or three plays, but right. but uh, but it, it was good, and, and it'll get you excited for the season. I'm sure you can find it somewhere on YouTube or you know Longhorn Network will probably be playing it over and over again. Um, but but it'll get you excited for the season and get you ready for football.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, Alright, yeah, with that, um, let's talk about these um, these uh, commits that we got from the spring game. Um, Ryan Niblett, uh, wide receiver out of Houston. He's a uh, top 100-ish consensus player. And then uh, Trey Wisner, running back from Waco. Um, what are your first thoughts on these two guys?
1: Yeah, uh, Ryan Niblett is, you know, the the typical Steve Sarkeesian wide receiver, you know, he's yeah. uh, six foot. Uh, he's probably closer to five, 11, five, 10 and a half, uh, 170 pounds. And he is fast. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. we see out of Steve Sarkisian like to do. He is super quick and he has that, uh, you know, Xavier worthy build to him uh, in the hundred meters. He ran a 10, seven, eight, which, which is not elite speed, but that's that's really, really good speed. Um, you know oh, Brendan Thompson runs a 10 one right? Yeah, that's different speed. Yeah, yeah no, that's yes. that's he's, crazy. He's that's like Olympic speed. Yeah. Ten one's right. Olympic speed. Uh ten seven eight is very, very good speed. Um, so if you're if you're looking at Brendan Thompson's speed and say, Well, he's not as fast as it that's because Brendan Thompson is is like Incredibly fast, right. um, And then same thing with Trey Wisner. He he has really good speed, and he's that you know look smaller back, kind of a scat back, um, right? But he has really good speed and has really good vision. Um, I haven't been able to watch much film on either of these guys yet, just because they committed um, over the weekend. But but these are two really good pickups for uh, Steve Sarkeesian, and I think um, I don't think I'm going out too far on a limb here by saying. Um, Weisner probably committed now because he knows somebody else bigger is coming and he wanted to secure his spot um, before they picked up a certain five-star and another uh, four-star running back. Um, so I, I think right. he was trying to secure his spot before um, two other guys took it. And uh, that five-star is probably Ruben Owens. Uh, right. Which which we're hoping to hear something from him uh, in the third, but it'll probably go till signing day. Um so that's going to be another long recruitment, but Ryan Niblett, man, he he's a top 100 player, like you said. Um, and that's consensus with, with all the recruiting uh, sites, not just, not just one of them. Um, so he's right. a really, really electric wide receiver and, uh, it's good to finally get some wide receiver commits. You know, we haven't seen that the past couple of years, but, but, uh, when yeah. Marion comes in and, and starts getting them right away.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And like you said, we we haven't gotten a lot. I was so excited to see Ryan Niblett uh, commit um, early. And I think we talked about it, but, man, we could see Texas grab four or five wide receivers because there's a few that we're in contention with right now, and they're all top 250 players. So they're all really good, so you can't turn them away. Um, So we'll see. But Ryan Niblett is just the first domino to fall in that, uh, in that wide receiver recruiting class. And like you said, Trey Weiser, I think he committed a little bit early, like you said, maybe just to um, secure his spot in that running back room with uh, an impending Ruben Owens commitment. But um, that's a little skepticism for you. That's uh <laughs> We're not predicting a Reuben Owens commitment anytime soon.
1: Um, Oh, you're not going to say it? You're not (laughs) going (laughs) to... We are hoping for it, though. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes.
0: I'll say that.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, so um, a a little bit of other news that actually just dropped today, uh, Monday, April 25th. uh, Cody Jackson, wide receiver from Oklahoma, is entering the transfer portal. Also, um, is it Cayenne Williams? My handwriting is terrible. Um, uh, safety from that. Alabama.
1: Can it might be Kane? It's K A I N E. Kane Williams. Yeah. Okay. Um.
0: Yes. Okay. So sorry. So Cody Jackson, wide receiver from Oklahoma. Um, I think I I I kind of half jokingly said like oh, man, would it be awesome to get this guy in, in town and run five wide receiver sets all the time with A.G. <laughs> Hall and Isaiah Nair. But obviously, you talked me off that ledge pretty quickly. And um, <laughs> I don't think Texas is going to go after him. But um, it is it is news because now Oklahoma is yet another big-time wide receiver down. Um, Cody Jackson was a four-star in uh, the 2021 recruiting cycle.
1: Yeah, it's um, – you know, like you said, um, you, I, I don't think that uh, Steve Sarkeesian is going after another wide receiver. Um, right. I think There's no reason need, to. No. I think we actually need some attrition in that room just so we can take uh, three or four guys in this class at the wide receiver position. Um, but I, I honestly think he's probably going to go to USC. Um, yeah, that's uh... – another, another one I could see is maybe even LSU because um, – they lost uh, Kayshawn Booty uh, earlier this year as well, or Boote. I, I don't remember how to say it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we go after um, go after the wide receiver. Um, but you never know. Maybe Sarkeesian gets an itch and he he just wants to stack up on talent, and uh, we go after him. But I I highly doubt it, especially with us just uh, getting a Jai Hall as well. Um, right. But the safety, I I could definitely see us. Um, at least kicking the tires with him, um, you know, because we we have a lot of talent in the uh, defensive backfield, but they are all super young. Um, so adding somebody else to that room just for depth um, is, is never a bad thing. I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to pursue, but I wouldn't be surprised if they at least, you know, take a look and see if there's any mutual interest there.
0: Right. And I kind of, um, we were talking about a little bit, before we started recording, but I was kind of like looking for dots to connect with Kane Williams, the safety. And I was, he's from uh, Louisiana. So I was wondering if maybe Terry Joseph recruited him while he was at Notre Dame or maybe obviously Jeff Banks at Alabama. Um, But I couldn't find any, any dots to connect there. So if they did, it would be purely based on um, them liking him as a player and what he has shown so far and Mm -hmm. less about prior relationships. So in that sense, they might be behind the eight ball a little bit, because I'm sure there's other programs who um, recruited him and now are going to be back in on him. Mm -hmm. Um, And like we said, I I was very impressed with our secondary. So I'm, I don't think we're really saying, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you're saying this either, that the DBs, we're in a problem yesterday. So it's not like we're trying to replace them. It's more oh, so. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. It's more so that these guys, um, I mean, iron sharpens iron. And if, if there's uh, talent and you have a roster spot open, you should be looking into that talent and, uh, deciding if you need it or not, you know?
1: Yeah. And um,
0: there's no such thing as too much talent.
1: No, absolutely not. Um, and, and like you said, it's it's not that they were bad, it's just the depth that we would want at D B is currently not there. Um right. so adding a guy who was a former four star and and you know, ha- has played at Alabama under one of the best defensive back coaches ever in Nick Saban. Um, right. uh, that that's something that, that I think we should pursue and I, I hope Steve Sharkeesian at least uh reaches out, you know, to see see if there is any mutual interest there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, with that, I mean, we could also, I mean, this is all skepticism as well, but we're seeing guys obviously starting to enter the transfer portal. And that means across the country, that's not just these two guys we talked about. Mm -hmm. And that could also mean guys on this Texas roster, um, also looking around and realizing there's not going to be any playing time for me here. I might want to jump ship before that. May 1st transfer portal deadline. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see and care to jump in at any time um, with your thoughts. But
1: yeah, uh, I feel like um, we're going to see a little bit of attrition um, just because, you know, my thought process behind it is I I see there's going to be, I think there's going to be a few guys who leave after spring not just because they didn't already know they were going to start, but because if they leave before after spring practice, they gain absolutely nothing. Um, right. If you if you stay till the end of spring, you get those extra practices, um, you get the extra time in the weight room, conditioning, all that in a college program, and you get the spring game on top of that, where you know you're going to get playing time because um, they're they're Since filtering the in. Game. Yeah, they're they're yeah. playing as many people as possible to get to just see how people fit. Um, So leaving early does nothing for you. You miss practices. You miss uh, conditioning and the weight room in a college program. Um, And that's my thought process behind some guys waiting to leave until after spring. Um, And and I don't think we're going to see a mass exodus. um, No. But I I, I do think there will be a few guys who jump in the portal. And they may just test the waters to see what's out there and come back. They may actually leave. um, But it would not surprise me at all to see – three, four, even five guys hit the portal um, now that spring has concluded.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, the guys hitting the portal, I mean, I would be shocked if it's anybody who's due to see significant playing time this year. Not to say that they wouldn't be a loss, but um, maybe just not a huge uh, loss to the team, you know. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Those are, that's kind of all we have on the, the transfer portal, but, um, I know we didn't talk about this at the front, but I mean, it's the NFL draft on Thursday. So, which is tomorrow, probably if you're listening,
1: yeah. when this drops <laughs>
0: on Wednesday morning. So, um, what do you think about the NFL draft? Is there anything, um, you're excited about? I, I know you're not a better, like I am, so I'll get into some,
1: <laughs> in but, um, um Yeah, I'm always excited for the draft. Uh, That's probably one of my favorite parts about the NFL. Um, Well, mainly because the Bengals were so bad for the past few years that that's the only happy place i got to uh, look (laughs) to. That's me as a Bears fan right now. (laughs) Exactly. No, I
0: I completely ride with you there.
1: Um, But, yeah, I I think uh, it's going to be a very defense-heavy first round just because there isn't that top-end talent at quarterback like we have seen the past couple years. Um, I think Malik Willis is probably going to go in the top 10, um, maybe even top five if there's a team that trades up or or uh, a team there is really mm-hmm. wanting a quarterback. Um, yeah. But I, I'm really, really hoping that Tyler Linderbaum falls to 31 so uh, the Bengals that would can take be him. Awesome. Uh, yes. That's awesome. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I've seen a few mocks that have him falling uh, that far. So it wouldn't really surprise Mm -hmm. me, but that's, that's who I'm hoping we take at 31.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I love Tyler Linderbaum. He was probably my favorite offensive lineman to watch last year. Um, (laughs) if you don't know, I'm, I'm a huge offensive line fan. It's probably my favorite position to watch. So watching Tyler Linderbaum was just a treat. Um, super talented, obviously. Um, former wrestler like we said um two sport athletes are always great when you're um trying to make it to another pro league yeah um, so but yeah um i don't know a couple you mentioned it actually a lot of defensive players one of my plays is actually total defensive players taken around one over 15 and a half um, oh i think that'll hit I think that'll be yeah, pretty easy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling good about that one. Another one I like is um, total cornerbacks drafted in round one over four and a half, which is kind of a big number, um, but we just need five of them. I think we're going to get three in the top 14. Yeah. So um, if we can just get two more in the back end, maybe from these uh, teams, obviously better teams trying to win the super bowl maybe they want some secondary help we're hoping for um maybe buffalo or the patriots um maybe even your Bengals if uh tyler
1: linderbaum's gone yeah that i i've seen um oh, i can't remember his name um oh elam out of uh, florida i've seen his name thrown around uh at 31 yeah. a little bit um but yeah i'm 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 all in on Tyler Linnebaum falling to 31. That that would be uh that would be a perfect uh opening draft night for me.
0: Absolutely. I'm rooting it. I'm rooting for it for you. Uh, <laughs> love love to see everybody happy. So, um all right, yeah, with that, um is there anything else uh you want to hit on before we uh get out of here?
1: Um well, I I ask you one draft question. Who do you think the first wide receiver off the board's going to be? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh man, that's another great play. Thank you for asking. <laughs> this was not uh, planned, by the way, audience.
1: So he's just
0: not throwing me lobs, but um, I have Jamison Williams as the first wide receiver taken plus 800. So um, okay. bet hundred dollars gave $800. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the NFL just loves speed. Yes. So I think Jamison Williams is a good bet there with, the, with that juice. Um, at plus 800 so
1: i think um, i think if he if he stayed healthy he would probably go in the top eight right. top five yep I yeah don't think i being too extreme um no, because he, he was when the you best see jamar wide receiver. Chase. yeah
0: right yeah. yeah like especially like you see jamar chase and jalen waddle go um five and six right last year they they went back to back
1: it was um, something like that. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So I would, like you said, it, I think it's the ACL is the only thing. Um, but by all accounts, uh, he's back and um, he actually worked out for teams. So hopefully that hits. Um, <laughs> so. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, is that all yet?
1: Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Um... Make sure to join us, you know, Saturday for the spaces. We'll be back again 10 a.m. Come uh, talk with us, ask us a few questions or, or just have your input on, you know, what we think and how bad our takes are and all that. Uh, but come yeah. join us and, and, and we'll have some fun on Saturday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Michael said, we, we're doing the spaces every Saturday at 10 a.m. on our Twitter, um, at Texas Talk underscore. Um, so, yeah, make sure to drop in and – Honestly, you ask, to, uh, ask to speak and, and talk with us a little bit. We don't want to just be uh, preaching. Um, <laughs> we do that enough on the pod. So, yeah, yeah. we'd love to talk with you guys. So, um, yeah, make sure to check that out. Um, with that, I'm Ryan. Um, he's Michael. And thank you for listening. Hokum.
1: Hokum.